0: Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the what podcast.
1: I am Tara. And I am Cassidy. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are introduced, or we, I said we are introduced. Um, (laughs) words. Okay. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are joined by Janelle, writer for Golden State of Mind and the 3082 podcast. Welcome to the show. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what to watch for when you're adjusting your expectations about your team's all-star voting and guess what? We're talking more Olympics. Tara, how are you
0: doing today? I'm doing great and astute listeners, and you, Cassidy and Janelle, probably noticed that I did not say our tagline, and that is because, so Janelle, we are working on updating our tagline, and we asked our listeners to send us some feedback, and we got some feedback, and I am so excited that somebody was listening in and had a suggestion for us. So we used to say that with this podcast, we are elevating the voice of women in basketball, and that started to feel not quite right anymore. I thought it sounded a little like hoity-toity or a little, uh, little snooty. And so I decided uh, that I wanted to do something different. And our listener, whose name is Rob, said, uh, suggested that we could say, turning up the volume of women's voices in basketball. So I'm wondering, what do you two think about that?
1: I, I think like Rob it. might be on to something.
0: I like it. I kind of like it, too, because it's it's just saying – it kind of, like, gives a nod to the fact that, like, we're already here talking about basketball. We just want to, you know, tune it up a little bit. We just want to make it a, just a little bit louder. So I, I really like the path that one is going down, and uh, I'm going to workshop it. So if anybody has any suggestions for – Ways to make it roll a little bit easier off the tongue—that would be great. But I'm gonna think on that one for a while. And if if you like it too, Cassidy and Janelle, you give it the thumbs up. I'm. Uh, I think we're gonna see where this takes us.
1: <sighs> thanks, Rob.
0: <laughs> yes, thanks for writing. It was so exciting. Yeah. Got an email. Woo-hoo. Oh, by the way, where do you think that email came to,
1: Cassidy? Um, I think it came to hoopsandtalks@gmail.com. We yes. love email. <laughs> um. We just love it so much. So today we're going to get things off with a little bit of an icebreaker. And today we're thinking, which NBA family dynasty is your
2: favorite?
1: Who wants to get us going? I don't even know if mine counts.
2: What is yours? (laughs) So
1: I'll start it off. I went with uh, the Millers, which is a women's basketball classic and an nba so i'm going with reggie and cheryl miller even though that's not really a dynasty because it's uh, you know
0: brother and sister as opposed to like a mother and father I, don't, I mean that's a pretty powerful nba family i mean we're making up the rules as we go along
2: <laughs> <laughs> you think it should count janelle yeah, I do. Yes, I do. Because Cheryl is very inf- was and is very influential in women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And Reggie, you know, even though he hasn't won anything, but you know, he he really put the Pacers on the map, and he's still, you know, around the game broadcasting with TNT. Mm-hmm. Definitely
0: but made Dr. his mark. And
2: then he and Weber together irks my nerves, and I. <laughs> on mute every time I um, watch a game where they're broadcasting, but (sighs) how
0: about you, Janelle? Do you have a favorite NBA dynasty? You already
2: know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought
0: I might. (laughs) The Curry family, could it be? Yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) Tell us how you became a fan of the Curry dynasty.
2: I mean, you know, they just, you know, just regular people. You know, at the end of the day, you know, they, they don't put on airs or anything. They, they just are who they are, you know. Um,
0: also really good at basketball.
2: Yeah, really good at basketball. But, you know, but off the court, they, they're just regular, just, re- just re- regular folks.
0: Well, my favorite NBA dynasty, I have a couple, and I think that yours should count, Cassidy, absolutely, because I actually went, as honorable mention with of a a mother son combination, Um, Pam McGee, mother of DeVale McGee.
2: And Imani in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: oh my God, thank you so much. Yes. So I mean, that's pretty awesome. And also, Pam had a twin, Paula. So they there were multiple siblings in both Ooh, of that's the good. different And
2: movies. and she I think she was uh, teammates with Cheryl Miller. She was. Yeah.
0: At USC yes. she played with Cheryl Miller. Yes. So this is all tying together. So that was my honorable mention because the one that I've just always loved and is pro- And because he spent a little bit of time in Portland, mm-hmm. are Harvey and Horace Grant. <laughs> um And I always was like, you know, Horace was always off winning championships. And of course, Portland got Harvey because that's just how things always go. But I always thought it was so great that it was Harvey that was the one who had all the children. So he's got f- at, at, at least... Four sons who play basketball, and he has a, a, at least one daughter. But the three of the sons have actually been uh, professional basketball players. So I think it's pronounced Gerai, Jerai, J-E-R-A-I. Jerai plays overseas. Jeremy, oh. of course, plays with the Nuggets currently. And then Jerian. he had four years in the NBA, and he went to Notre Dame with Pat Connaughton. So mm-hmm. I just always thought that the Grant family – uh, was fun. And I just thought, you know, that's a lot of basketball players in one family. <laughs> yeah, that is. Plus I just have a thing for twins. I think those are really fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, that was fun. It's like, it, it's, it's so funny to me, like, cause it's so rare to make it to the NBA. It's so hard. And then you watch families do it and you're like, whoa, that's, there's a lot of dedication right there. I, I, just I appreciate it.
0: Everybody's mom's. Driving to all those games and feeding everybody. And, you know, it could be the dads, too, I, you know, because I'm a mom and go to the moms. But I'm sure, like, all the family members are contributing to driving everybody around (laughs) and making sure everybody's fed and in the right place. But I just the logistics of having that many people play at that high a level is just I can't even wrap my head around it. Well, Janelle, right. it's always great to check in with you. Uh, the We have been talking to you for a couple of years now about the Golden State Warriors. You've been covering that team for quite a while. And mm-hmm. the fortunes of that team have changed quite a bit this year. Um, it feels like you probably somewhat – you probably – you know, had an idea that things were going to change, um, but not quite sure if you realized it was going to change this much. So we wanted to just explore what it's like uh, to follow a team that has quite different expectations than uh, than they have had for a while, or even from the beginning of the year until now. So can you tell us um, a little bit about like, I mean, people, I think generally, if they're listening to this podcast, know what's going on with the Golden State Warriors. But tell us um, kind of like your journey of um, seeing what's going on and trying to figure out like how to watch it when things are so different.
2: Before October, you know, I thought that, you know, the Warriors were going to be fine. We're going to be halfway decent. You know, it would have taken some time for... Uh, Steph and D'Angelo to jail. And I thought, you know, they're going to struggle early on, but they'll pick up the pace. But that was before Steph broke his hand. And when Steph broke his hand, everything just went off the rails. Um, Coach Kerr, Draymond had a defeatist attitude. You know, we we effing suck, you know, uh, expect beatdowns. And I get it. they They're realistic people, but at the same time, the people that's in uniform, you know, they want to play. You know, they want to compete just like everybody else, and they don't want to lose either. And for the coach, who's supposed to be the leader of your team, to say, oh, expect this, that's kind of defeatist. But when Kerr found out that some of them have some value, he started to change his tune. And After Steph went down with his hand, I started to look at the Warriors, the makeshift Golden State Warriors, because as of now, this is the 41st game, and they've had like 20 lineups, I believe. They're all auditioning for next year.
0: 20 lineups? You mean yes. 20, 20 wow. starting lineups?
2: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, 20 lineups. Because...
1: That's a lot of
2: lineups. Um, D'Angelo has been out. You know, Draymond has been out. And they've been using the, the two-way players a lot and used Damian Lee so much that he, and he played good. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has earned his contract that's coming up, but it sucks that Marquise Chris is a casualty. They had to use these two-way guys because everybody, because it was basically a mass unit at the uh, beginning of the year. Everybody's just hurt. Steph oh. hurt. Play hurt. And everybody, you know, Amari Spe- Spellman got hurt. Just Everybody's hurt.
1: We feel that in Portland. <laughs> we we know that journey right now.
0: Ugh. As as you were getting, you know, uh, players coming up on the 10-day contracts, were you ever actually forty five days? Or yeah, forty five yeah, day contracts. Ten day contracts is called something else now. Right? Are they also using people or uh on shorter ten day contracts as well, or are they just G League call ups right now?
2: No, ju- just the two genie call ups. And uh-huh. A- Damien has exhausted his forty five days, and Kai Bowman is on the verge of exhausting his. See. They're converting Damien's contract, and they haven't converted it yet because it's something about the cap. Mm -hmm. It's it's a cap issue. But what's going to happen with Kai is that they're going to hide Kai in the G League until March the 3rd. That's when that 15th roster spot will open up. See, the Warriors' biggest problem, even if it was a healthy Steph or in – and even Clay is that they're hard capped. They were so afraid oh, to pay right. for, for nothing. So uh, Bob Myers have said, well, we'll take D'Angelo. But see, the thing is that what they're looking at is that, well, Steph, a three guard lineup that's, you know, have some offensive firepower, but D'Angelo can't stop a nosebleed on defense.
0: <laughs> sometimes with the with Portland the they they've been running out of three guard lineup and sometimes that's the only way that that they can score but I, I'm curious with the Warriors um like right now Portland, has one center and that's it and then everybody else who's backing up Hassan Whiteside and Hassan Whiteside is out with a respiratory illness you know is just fill in for center do the warriors have any just like complete gaps on any of the uh in any of the positions or
2: how are things working out that way there's a gap skill wise at center um Willie Collie Stein on Twitter I call him Willie the scammer Oh, oh, goodness. I, I, Willie's trashy Stein, because um, Willie is the prototype. I mean, you know, you would think at, se- at seven foot and 240 pounds, um, he would be a silent rim runner, someone who could set screens, someone that can um, guard the paint, but he has struggled. And it's just sometimes that he he lacks the effort. It's sometimes it looked like he don't care. And I know he went to Golden State solely because of Steph and Clay and thinking that with all the attention that Steph gets, he get the benefit for it. And since Steph is out, you know, it's like he did early on he didn't care. And plus Willie was out in the beginning of the season because he was playing pickup and I think he tweaked his ankle or something trying to catch knobs. And I'm like, hell you had you have all seasons season to catch knobs. Why are you catching knobs in the in a pickup game? What's the point in that? And it just seems like, you know, it sounded like a solid option for the Warriors, but the Kings fans tried to tell Warriors fans and, you know, Willie is is a mirage. You know, I mean he actually had 50 games last year where he didn't even record a block. He didn't even attempt to block a shot
0: as a center.
2: Yes. Uh. And, and for a defensive minded team, like the Warriors, yes, that's where their success comes from. You would think that, you know, he, he would kind of get it, but, he's been hit or miss more often than not miss. Yeah. And now he has a player's option. And the only way that we could get rid of him is to trade him. But I don't even think we will get, um, fabric softening it for him now. <laughs> oh,
1: well, how are, uh, golden state fans doing with this, this season being the way that it is.
2: Well, they're trying to make the most of it, you know, uh, Tanking, you know, they figure, well, it, it's, this is a gap year and we're getting a top five pick or whatever. And they embrace the tank. I haven't embraced the tank. And that is because there's been quite a few games <laughs> that the Warriors could have won. Yeah. They could have won against Milwaukee the there tonight. Yeah. They could have won. Tonight against Mythist, but they couldn't buy a butt basket on credit.
1: Uh-huh.
2: It's just it's just always something that gets in their way. Sometimes it's the substitutions that get in the way. And it kind of makes me feel like it's by design, but that, that's not that's not um gonna help in the long run run if that's the case, because the odds is kind of even as as far as getting the number one pick is concerned. And I'm not really thrilled about the depicts us out there right now the warriors need a wing a solid wing or a big this draft coming up is more on the guard side we we have guards we got we have the splash brothers still in their prime we got you mm-hmm. know for now we have um damien damien is a guard kai is a guard jordan Poole is a guard while we had we were top heavy with centers and all but now it's the opposite. Well in Portland like nobody ha- like
0: People are still trying to figure out what's going on. Like, so, you know, when Steph went down with the Warriors, it was pretty much like, oh, okay, we see what's happening here (laughs) with, you know, um, you're using your um, G League guys, you're you're building something, you know, with them to at least, you know, play out the year in Portland. We're having a hard time figuring out what is happening because we know that we have coming back. Um, And, you know, when historically they do so well on the back half of the season. So we're trying to think, are we going to, you know, be make it into the playoffs? It's been really hard because we as fans just are kind of like having a hard time knowing, like, yeah. how much are we and, and they've just been talking about trades constantly you know as soon as Bazemore and Whiteside came you know immediately everybody was proposing what trades could end up you know uh working out in Portland's favor at the trade deadline and so we're having a hard time I think at least I'm having a hard time figuring out really how to watch this team because I get attached yeah. to everybody and then they leave and you know is is does that happen with uh, Golden State or are fans there are pretty sure, like, okay, these it these happened, are place, placeholders?
2: It happened recently with Marquise Chris. Mm-hmm. But see, the thing with Marquise is that was the only contract that wasn't guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been guaranteed. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's, the roster's going to look really different next year. Mm-hmm. And they think that Marquise could have been a solid piece. And I, I believe that also. Mm-hmm. He's somebody that people have sucks. mentioned. It just sucks that he has to be a casualty. What they could have done with Damien was to, you know, hide him a little bit until March or try to get an injury exception for player Steph. Because why would they come back? You know, I, I know why they would come back, but, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense for them to come back. And I believe that. The Warriors are going to hold them out for as long as they can, so they won't re-injure anything or whatever. But they'll they'll be back just to knock some rust off, just to break the monotony because they really want to play. They really want to get out there and compete, contrary to what the haters uh, believe. You know, a lot of people think that Steph faked his injury.
0: What? Yeah. You mean, like, that it's convenient for the team to tank, so go ahead and take a year off?
2: Yeah, and thinking that, you know, Steph is running from competition, but, you know. No. I mean, picture this. How can you... Imagine Steph running up to Bane saying, I want you to land on my hand and and break a a metacarpal. And how is he going to tell doctors that, hey, put three pins in it, too, to really... Make it real. I mean, yeah. People are so consumed with their hate about this man. It's just really just ridiculous. And uh, the injuries may be the same. You know, Gordon Hayward messed up his hand. Westbrook messed up his hand in the preseason, but mm-hmm. and might, and Embiid has also. Even Damian has. Ligaments are different than bones. Stentional yeah. injury was close to a joint. Mm. The rest of them might have been ligaments. So and they want to be as cautious as they can. Well, and then are then even thinking about rehabbing and getting the film of the ball. Steph had this cast and it kind of remind me of um mankind. You know, the the wrestler he oh. had mandible claw. <laughs> I know Dame I know Dame know about that. <laughs> yes, he definitely yeah. does. <laughs> I, I, I like the Attitude Era, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I used to watch wrestling as well, so when I found out that Dame did and also have a come away after my favorite restaurant. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: we gotta, Janelle, you got to come over to the Blazers side. We we need come you and your time expertise time. to help us figure out how to get through this year. So you should just, you know, come on over to the Blazers side while Steph is you know, getting better. We don't want to, because I understand nobody wants to rush him back. This is not the year
2: for him to rush back, right? It's not the year for him to rush back, but he wants to come back at the telling just to knock some rust off. And plus, He had a bad start, you know, four games in and he struggled. And Mm -hmm. what could have been, I mean, he he could have turned it around like Harden did. Harden struggled. But I guess that kind of left a nasty taste in his mouth. And plus he want to be ready for the Olympics in Mm -hmm. office or or whenever that is. This summer. Um, uh, So what kind
1: of things do you watch for in the young players to try to figure out Are they improving? Are they people we want to see on our team next year?
2: How they are on defense, mostly. Because, like I said, with the Warriors, you know, everybody is impressed with their offense and all, but it was the defense that really made them who, you know, really was an integral part of who they were and trying to be again. How they're improving on defense. And what's really ironic is they were actually in the top 10 on defense recently. I think they were like ninth, but when Dingo is in the lineup, that goes to crap because Dingo cannot stop a nosebleed. What are they, They, what do you expect them to do
0: on defense when they're brand new to the league? What's a reasonable expectation?
2: Well, with the way that the league is now, I, I expect them to be able to switch, especially on the pick and rolls. Okay. And also, since the Warriors, you know, for most of the five-year run, have um, struggled on protecting the paint, you know, helping the block shots, mm-hmm. getting in the passing lanes, but mostly switching. Mm-hmm
0: yeah there's a lot of that going on in the league
2: all of the, i mean all of the league do some there's some switching here there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: the blazers are uh playing the warriors soon so i'm curious who are who's one or two of your favorite of the younger players that uh we should watch when they come to town or wait are the blazers going down there
2: I think the Blazers.
0: I think they're the yeah, Golden State's coming up here. Yeah. Yeah. So who who's one of the one or two of the young players that you really like?
2: I like Amari Spellman, and I didn't at the first of the year because I thought that you know he was lazy and you know he had this reputation that preceded him in Atlanta. But what I didn't know what was behind it. He had he ate his pain. You know, he had family members taking advantage of him, and you know, he struggled and he found solace in food. He had he battled depression, and now, you know, he shedded at least 50 pounds and he's oh, wow. he is improving. He really wants to win, uh-huh. and he's really earning his minutes. He's actually starting center now oh it's scammers on the bench wow well that's
1: awesome for him that's it's good to see a player that's able to kind of make those strides and you know get to play the game they love and then get to see more joy come from it as they develop as a person and a player so we'll definitely have to watch for him when they're in town
2: for uh, eric pascal
0: Mm -hmm. I think we felt his impact last time we played. Yeah,
2: he was was really solid. He was was really solid in the beginning of the year. I mean, he was getting a lot of minutes and being thrown into the fire, but for whatever reason, Kerr hasn't played him much. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of made him regress a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess the development for the Warriors is kind of sketchy right now. And I don't know whether or not it's by design or what.
0: Well, I mean, you'd think that they'd want, even if the they didn't plan on keeping the players around, that they would want the, to develop them so that um, they if they're going them. to trade them, yeah, that they would make sure that they can, um, you know, go off and be a, a contributor to another team so they can get somebody back. But maybe they were just kind of caught off guard and their staff isn't really a training staff as much as it could be or couldn't be might not be built to be a training staff as much as it has been built to be a championship winning staff over the last several years. Yeah, could be. Well, it's uh, I look forward to seeing what happens the next time these teams meet. You know, it, Blazers have really been in kind of a tailspin largely because they just simply don't have enough people to play all the positions. Um but they still have Damian Lillard and as long as they have Damian Lillard, there's always they hope.
2: Have J2. Yeah, they
0: have and Carmelo. they have CJ2. And
2: and you guys have Carmelo. What do you think about Carmelo in Portland? I love it. Yeah. Because you know, people have put him down, criticized him for whatever reason. Um and I'm just glad to see him back in the league and seem to be thriving. You know, I would like to see Jamal Crawford back.
0: Yeah, we're loving. I mean, I'll, I I don't I can't speak for both of us. I'll let Cassidy speak for herself. I'm yeah. I'm totally into Carmelo. I was not that into him until he came, but now that he's here, I'm like this dude's awesome. He yeah, fun to watch, good teammate. And considering everything else that's going on, I'm, like, totally happy that he's here. And I think yeah. I think he takes a little pressure off of Damien. Like, Damien can handle everything that is piled on him, but to not have to handle everything all the time, um, that's got to be... Uh, Nice. And CJ also has always been, you know, a great uh, supporter, but to just have a little bit of a release valve of pressure, both in games and out of games. What do you think, Cassidy?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with. Yeah, it's it was it's been a hard season to watch a lot of games sometimes for the Blazer fans. And so I think Carmelo has kind of injected a new level of fun and excitement to the game. I think it helps not completely wear down Damon CJ so much um even though we are seeing them play a whole lot of minutes right now uh so it it's it's fun I take back a lot of the things I've said I think he's great now <laughs> so it's been fun to kind of get to know Carmelo as a blazer versus Carmelo as the mythical creature of the NBA I think I don't know I don't always, deep dive into players until they get to be on my team. So it's it's fun to see them uh, and learn more. Absolutely. So All-Star break is coming up. Uh, anybody doing some All-Star voting? You want to share? Who are you voting for for this year's All-Star game?
2: I haven't voted for anybody, to
1: be honest. <laughs> I, I haven't even cast a ballot. You could vote for
0: Damien. I mean, come on. You can do that right right,
2: but i haven't I haven't even cast a ballot for anybody yet mm-hmm. that's fair enough, Tara, who are you I'll voting for?
1: You.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I have been voting regularly for Damien and c j but then I decided I should probably figure out who I would vote for if I was gonna do a full slate, so oh mm-hmm. even the. <laughs> all-star voting is so hard because i have a really hard time voting for anybody who's not on the blazers so i say many of these with great pain um so obviously Damon, cj and i know logically there's probably other guards you know there's like james harden and all these Mark, other guys logic's who, not part of this right who are you know better than cj but i don't care CJ has been working away, like, you know, working so hard. I really want to see him play in an all-star game. And
2: yeah, I, and rightly so, rightly so.
0: Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, he's going to get voted in, but I think the coaches, I would love to see the coaches put him in. I just, yes. I just think I want to see CJ in an all-star game. And then the backcourt oh, just pains me so much. Um, oh God, I don't even want to say it. Uh, but, Anthony Davis and LeBron James cuz they're really 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 good. And I think my final spot and I know that he hasn't had a that great of a start to the season and I can't believe I'm like um standing up for him, but I think Jokic cuz the dude is so talented and he's so unique and I I think guys oh. who are unique I really like to see in situations like this. Mm-hmm. That's my That's west. And then I'll go really quick over my East, and then you tell me yours. So in the East, Bradley Beal and Trey Young. I just love watching Trey Young. I think he's so much fun. I don't know if he's like the new Devin Booker or what, but he's just super fun. And then in... um, comparison.
2: Why would you compare him to Devin? Because...
0: um, Just like the... Just scoring all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, playing for a team that's not great. And like, I mean, with Devin Booker all those years, I was like, is he really like why is he scoring so many points and their team is so bad? And then it finally, it was just like, okay, that's just how it is. And you know, this year he's shown that he is um, a little bit more than that, but for a long time, it was just like Devin Booker score, score Devin Booker score. Um, so yeah, Devin Booker Bradley Beal. And then in the front court, um, Pascal Siakam, love watching him. Giannis. Giannis. Yes. And then Joel and B. just cause like, I feel like I should, like I, he's so dominant and he's just so good but if there was somebody else (laughs) i don't don't know i was very conflicted on that one but those are my those are my all-star votes at least for now things could change that's the Mm -hmm. night that's kind of the fun thing about being able to vote like every day (laughs) you don't have to just turn in one ballot
1: how about you cassidy Well, since I believe that it's stupid that fans vote for the all star ballot, um, (laughs) I just like to uh, exemplify that stupidity that I think that fans like to show when they're voting for all stars. So in the West, I vote for all Blazers. So let's go with Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Um, And you know what? I don't really care that he hasn't played a game all season because I voted for Nurkic because, (laughs) you know what? That's what NBA fans do when it comes to all-star voting. Um, I also voted for Zach Collins. He's barely (laughs) played. But you know what? I want to make a point here. I want (laughs) players to vote for the all-star game. I don't want fans voting. I want fans to vote for categories, players to vote for the game. So rounding it out. Gave Whiteside a vote there. And then when I go to the East Coast, I was like, hey, who are some players I like? Um, Wesley Matthews, duh, (laughs) got a vote from me. Alan Crabb, got (laughs) a vote from me. Myers Leonard, you know I'm voting for you, buddy. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I I voted for. Pascal Siakam, because he's just so fun to watch play and he deserves it. And Giannis, because so fun to watch play, but honestly, Let the players vote. Players and coaches vote for the All-Star game. We vote for the categories. It'd be so great. So Janelle,
0: Cassidy had this idea last week and I think it is very interesting that the players themselves would be the ones to vote for the people playing in the all-star game and then fans would vote for like who gets to be in the dunk contest and who gets to be in the skills and the three-point contest. What do you think of this idea?
2: I like it. I like it and it makes sense because fans vote Sometimes fans vote stupidly. You know, Caruso got votes. Yeah. Um, Steph, even though I love him, that's that's my favorite player. I mean, him being injured, he even got votes. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I like that idea. I like the idea because the players play against these guys night in and night out, and the players know what these guys are about, you know. It's, it's it's different. It's different. Well, and, uh, and I, I think I will vote in the all star. I think I'll I think I'll do a petty vote. <laughs> I think I'll be petty. Who'd
0: you who would you give your petty votes to?
2: Ah, we won't hold you to him. <laughs> you know, since you know, since Carissa got votes, I'll I'll vote. Sure, I think I'll vote for the whole. Curry family basically. Oh, know. yeah. Let's yeah. get Seth. Austin, Austin, Seth. Austin. Seth, all of them. Oh, like. Oh, yeah.
0: That's right. Austin is Austin, part of the family, Seth too.
2: <laughs> all of them. If I feel like being petty. Yeah. Well, um,
0: I did. So, uh, one of the ideas that uh, we kicked around was that the uh, players in the west would vote for the east coast players and then the pe- players in the eastern conference would vote for players in the western conference
1: I think that's I, I that interesting I think I re- it's interesting yeah. you can't vote for yourself you can't vote for your teammates you're just forced to vote for other players that you've played against I can't. you one, know one, there's one major flaw to that
0: and that is what if you just voted for like the people at like the very bottom that you thought so like mm, yeah like i'm a west coast player well i want the east coast team to not be very good so i'm gonna vote for five guys that i don't think are very good and then the guys in the east do the same thing and so then we end up with all five players that maybe people don't really want to be seeing on either side
2: recently, recently I don't think... dame, dame have proposed an idea to have like a one-on-one tournament during all-star break guys feel about that i would love
1: that i love the one-on-one game it's so fun it would be so much intensity and i feel like it could carry over mini rivalries throughout the rest of the season which i think could be so fun because i think if somebody just like just whooped somebody they'd be like whoa whoa i'm gonna watch out the next time we play like i could see somebody going for it
2: yeah, what I'm curious about is the rules because yeah. they took away hand checking in 2003, and um, I'm, I'm just wondering about the rules on defense. Will it be like the rules regularly, or will it be special rules just for just for this?
0: For one-on-one, like can you touch yeah. them or can you? Yeah, yeah
2: mm-hmm. they're gonna bring in hand checking, or um, uh, will they have the freedom of movement? Rule like they do, you know, now in regular games, you know, how, how would that go?
0: And how do we make Man. sure it doesn't just turn into a dunk contest? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. I, I like it. Wait, Put got, money on it. We, uh, we did get some listener feedback on our, uh, on this discussion. Um, and that came from Lisa. Lisa suggested that, uh, I thought this was interesting letting the players or the media vote for the all-star players and let the fans pick the starters from the list. So the, um I guess what would happen would be that the, the, um, the media or the players would, you know, uh, vote for the field and then the fans would vote just on who got to start. So it would be, a much more narrow field of people who the fans got to actually vote for, which I thought that was a very interesting idea. (laughs) And then Lisa also added that players should have to have played a minimum number of games to qualify. And that is a great point. And that would be super easy to implement. Super easy. Like, I don't know why they haven't implemented that yet.
1: Yeah. The fact that I can go vote for Yusuf Nurkic for the all-star game and he hasn't played a single game this season is ridiculous. Like, it just shouldn't be a thing. You shouldn't be able to vote for someone who's not able to play in the All-Star game and who hasn't played all season. It just doesn't make sense. I just, I don't, I don't understand.
2: It hasn't been a significant uh, contributor. Yeah. Uh, That that whole Caruso mess, I mean, you know, jokes were funny for a while, but now they're not funny.
1: Yeah. Now yeah. we're now we're into the serious we might have to watch Caruso playing the all-star game. Uh even uh, Pachulia got votes. Yeah. It's just it's just ridiculous.
0: <laughs>
1: you know? Hey, take the fans out of this process, please. <laughs> um, as a fan, I'm begging you. Um, yeah, it's
2: yeah. it's kind of a mess. It, it is a mess. I mean, I, I get that the the nba wants the fans to be involved and to keep the fans involved especially through social media but you know you, you got you got to regulate it yeah because sometimes fans get stupid
0: Well, sometimes fans just are stupid like me. Like every time I look up somebody on Yahoo or on Google, I accidentally almost vote for them for um, for All-Star now because when you go to Google, then their name pops up. And if you click their name, you're all of a sudden voting for them for All-Star, which is super annoying. So I have to just not look up people anymore because I keep accidentally voting for people for the All-Star game. Soon it will all be over. We'll have to uh, – um uh, see, see where it all goes but we should uh go on to our final topic of the day so uh Janelle you brought up the olympics earlier Cassidy and I are huge fans of the olympics especially olympic basketball uh how do you feel about olympic basketball it's it's,
2: it's great i mean you know we're, we're the, supposed to be the best country i mean the best in the world you know it's, it's all right last
0: fiba round didn't go so well,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well because but it's 20 have, have a chance to rectify it i mean you know um, dame has committed steph has committed mm-hmm. um i don't know who else has committed yet
0: yeah I think um, I, I think that we we have yet to find out who it's going to be, but in an effort to learn more about Olympic Olympic basketball, we have been uh, learning more about just kind of the, it, the history of basketball at the Olympics. And a couple weeks ago, Cassidy told us about the first time basketball was played at the Olympics as a um, what was it called? As a demonstration sport. It's a demonstration sport. Yeah. yeah. It- so now, are you ready to tell us about the next thing?
1: Yeah, so it took until 1936 to get the basketball to become an official Olympic sport. And the 1936 Olympics are probably one of the most fascinating sporting events in modern history. Um, They're hosted in Berlin, Germany, um, and during Nazi Germany. And so to From a political standpoint, it is an insane time. And from an impactful standpoint, we have moments from that Olympics that are completely kind of iconic and changing in a lot of the ways that we look at the sport. From uh, Jesse Owens just going in there and just showing the world what he was made of. And so I think we have so many of those iconic moments. And then we also have... The introduction of basketball. So I think it was a really fun time to for basketball to kind of become even bigger than it already had in its very short history. So it's kind of insane how quickly it became a thing. And in 1936, 19 teams were set to compete in that first Olympics. Uh, Spain ended up not being able to make it to the tournament due to the Spanish Civil War. Um, North America swept the podium. The US was the first place team. Canada just took second and Mexico took third. And it's funny because just one year prior was the first time the European basketball championships were held. And so only one year prior to the Olympics and eight European teams then went on to be part of that Olympic first Olympic basketball round. Um, Hitler actually demanded that basketball be an outdoor sport. Um, So compete, Teams competed on a lawn tennis court, which proved to be an even worse idea than it already sounded because weather hit and it rained and they played in an absolute mud pit. Uh, So it was became mud ball. You couldn't dribble. You were just throwing from player to player. The final score of that gold medal game was only 19 to eight. And for anybody who's been listening to our Olympic updates, you notice that that game that was in a demonstration game was much higher scoring than the gold medal Olympic game for the first ever official year that it was a sport. And it was funny because they were trying to come up with all of the rules for basketball to Reached this platform and the FIBA rule meeting happened without a US representative. So, in the initial rule writing for the Olympic rules, it was going to prohibit any player over the height of 6'2 from playing. Oh, you're kidding. Oh my yeah. Gosh. So, basketball was going to be for only players that were 6'2 and below, and the US threw a fit. When they finally found this out and petitioned so much that they had to change the rule because their team was pretty tall and a lot of them would not have been allowed to play. Some of the other weird rules involved were only seven player teams were able to play for any given game. So there were 14 players that were on the U.S. team, but only seven of them could play in any given game, and they alternated which game they were going to play in. Um, A lot of rules have changed from basketball since then. There was a player that was quite dominant and was consistently getting the rebounds after rebound and consistently making shots right after the tip ball. And in that time, there was actually a tip Uh, jump ball after every single made basket. And so the US had a large advantage being a such a tall team Mm -hmm. that it kind of led them to kind of dominate the sport. And they went undefeated during that Olympic run. And so I think that's going to wrap up a little bit of what I have learned from the 1936 Olympics concerning basketball. Um, but that being said, basketball is definitely not an outdoor sport when you're playing on a clay court. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Yeah.
0: That's that's wild. I the um, Yeah, playing in the rain. And I, re- I remember reading about that game and they just like – stood and like held the ball <laughs> yeah, and and just all they could do is pass because you couldn't dribble it. And so that was the only way to move it was to pass. Yeah. Uh-huh. Things have changed a lot. The 36 Olympics are so much, so many stories about them. And um, we will talk some, there's even more basketball specific yeah. stories about the mm-hmm. 36 Olympics, which we will uh, talk about in the future, but thank you for our latest Olympic lesson. So excited for the Olympics to start again, um, Janelle. Did you know that that uh, team that went uh, to to the FIBA, Carmel Anthony, volunteered to come, and they said no, thank you. Yes, I did. I mean, how much could they have used him?
2: They could have oh. used him a ton. <laughs> a ton. They yeah. really couldn't. He still can score. Yeah. He still can score. He, you know, uh-huh.
1: he's solid. I also imagine those young players. Can you imagine if they'd brought Carmelo onto that team? The excitement of that group of guys just being like, wait, Carmelo Anthony is going to play with us? Like, I feel like that would have been life changing for some of those players.
0: Yeah. yeah that would have been. We're the biggest Carmelo Anthony fans now.
1: <laughs> I did a complete 180. I know. <laughs> Flung
0: it around. <laughs> I did. I did too. Well, ladies, we should wrap it up there. Janelle, it's been great talking to you as it always is. Uh, do you want to tell folks how they can find your work? You can find my work
2: at uh goldenstateofmind.com. You can follow me on Twitter under Janelle12. That is J A W N E double L 12 Perfect.
0: And your uh, your podcast,
2: and my podcast is thirty eighty two. Uh, I hope to have a second episode up as soon as I can. You know, get get a nice a recording. You know, get some recording software. You know, other than ZenCaster, I mean, it, it works well for me, but not for my guests. So, at yeah. the um, figure that out soon.
0: The technology of podcasts <sighs> is. Uh, not easy (laughs) getting it all figured out once you get it figured out it's okay but getting it all figured out is really complicated i brought it up because i really enjoyed uh your first episode and you had some um you you had a part where you had people talking about hot topics and you you had different guests uh, talking about some hot topics what was the topic i can't remember it off the top of my head
2: the topic was, was analytics right yeah yeah it was analytics yes it was analyst. It was well that that was a that was for a guest. Okay, the topic was about um, should the Warriors sign Carmelo. Oh, that that was too it. late for that. <laughs> but, but they they couldn't assign him anyway because they were hard capped.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you. Like I said, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find <laughs> me. On Twitter, say sorry. I
2: said you're welcome. Oh,
0: (laughs) I always got to pause. I always forget to pause so people can say that. Um, Okay. (laughs) So you can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. You can subscribe to the podcast at uh, doc, or uh, uh, in your favorite podcast catcher at FindingBlazersEdge.com and uh, oh my gosh, I've just like muddled up this whole thing. So I think Cassidy, you should take it away and finish <laughs> it. Out.
1: Get us awesome. out of here on a high note. <laughs> so, that's going to do it for this week's Hoops and Talks. Um, like Tara said, don't forget to follow the podcast uh, on Twitter at hoops and talks and subscribe to the show on blazers edge on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts we love email so send us an email we read them because we read them on here and you hear them send us an email with your icebreaker ideas your questions who are you voting for the all-star game are you taking the stupid route like me Who's to say? Our email is hoopsandtalks at gmail.com, and you can find me at Cassidy Gamut on Twitter. And until next time, go Blazers!